You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Timothy, the creator of Sextronaut. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Timothy. Welcome Hi, thank you for having Thanksgiving. me. Hey, so excited. <laughs> Woo-hoo, Hello. All the way from the Netherlands, which is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also we're just super excited to get a guy on the podcast. We don't we don't often have a males on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Timothy, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so uh, my name is Timothy Schelhaas. I'm 24 years old. I'm Dutch. Uh, I study creative writing in uh, Wales uh, at Bangor University. <laughs> and I am a sex positive writer and illustrator. And uh, my main my main work is on uh, the Sextronaut comic series and merchandise, which features um, a pink astronaut and it's all about sex positivity and sex positive messages satire uh, it's a bunch of laughs i guess yeah uh so yeah that's what i do it's that's so amazing. good timothy was nice enough to send us some two t-shirts with the infamous pink astronaut on saying oh, i love Fuck it your way to outer space or yes. something like that right did i get that right Yes, yes. Yes! <laughs> you got to check out the Instagram because the, the comics and the illustrations, they're so cool, guys. How did, how did you get like interested in um, doing, like, doing comics but then also making it into a sex-positive comic? Mm. Uh, okay, so this is actually um, a thing because I've been working on comics for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was... Um, I don't know, 10 years old or something. I was really uh, like in the house a lot. I didn't have uh, a lot of friends at the time. So I was really like drawing all the time and working on comics. And eventually mm. I uh, participated in uh, the Dutch Youth Championship for comic drawing. And Whoa. I lost, I lost, oh, no. I was 11 and I lost. <laughs> but when I was 12, when I was 12, I participated again and I won. Oh, so, yeah, uh, congrats. Hell that yeah. was really it was really interesting just being on, on display when you're so young, I guess. Um, yeah. But then I stopped for a long time because I, uh, after I won, I got some uh, assignments from like uh, local newspapers. But mm. uh, even for my age, they just didn't pay me enough to mm. uh, leave me wanting to create more work for them. So uh, I think it was like 20 euros each assignment. It was it was not it was not really anything I could do mm-hmm. anything with. So. I stopped doing it, and then uh, I focused on other stuff for a long time, other form of uh, forms of art, and then uh, eventually last year I um, moved to uh, Wales to start my writing degree, and then I was really thinking about okay, how can I get my stuff towards uh, like an international audience? Like, what am I gonna do? Because I have nothing going on at the moment, mm. and I really want to get myself out there. And uh, one of the things that I have to deal with is that I'm just, I'm not English. So there's always going to be a language gap, even though, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's always going to be difficult to properly pronounce stuff or just to uh, mm-hmm. internalize all the slang. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to know all the curse words, honestly. 
Um, but, <laughs> That's so, the best bit about any language. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So yeah, I was just like thinking, okay, I, I still know how to draw, you know, I never lost that ability. Can I combine my current writing with uh, like comics or illustrations or how am I going to do this? So I think like a year ago, I started to draw again after uh, quitting that for, I think about eight years. It was really a long time. So when the sextile was created, was at this. Um, there was a period in my life where I just had like a uh, a bunch of personal developments uh, mm -hmm. going on. So I learned a bunch of things about myself after coming out of few relationships, and uh, yeah. I was just like, okay, you know what? I gotta be honest to myself. I I suppose I'm a sexual person, so I really think that's something <laughs> that is, you know, valuable to whatever yeah. you're doing with someone. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, before that, I wasn't even clearly communicating that. I wasn't so, uh, I, I really was hiding it, I think, because I was really mm. like, okay, I don't know how to talk about it. And, um, but at this point I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm thinking there was this moment when I knew I was going to do something with sex. I think it was at this, you know, there's like a day every university organizes it where a bunch of like people, like, uh, companies, they, they, uh, stall their booths there and, and you could just yeah. come on to them and ask yeah. questions. How do you call F that? Like, just a, week. Some, well, yeah, I think like a careers, careers, careers yeah. or something. Something, something like, that. yeah, something like it. And there was this, there was this company that was handing out condoms and, and, yes. and they didn't have anything uh, like on offer, like there were no jobs on offer, but I just approached them like, uh, oh, this is so interesting, you know, uh, do you guys hire students to, to, to do this kind of work? And they were like, uh, whoa, no one ever asked us that. Uh, <laughs> let me see what I can do. And they gave me their email address and, and they never replied to my email, but uh, I just... Uh, I was fine because like because I uh, reached out to them I was for a while I was so excited like yo maybe I'm gonna work for this uh, condom company that later on I was like wait I'm actually really excited about this stuff I think it's mm -hmm. so important that uh, sexual education is a is a big thing like I realized okay sex is such an important uh, asset to to who I am why not create something in terms of uh, art? What am I gonna do with this? And then uh, I thought of this pink astronaut at some point I was just like I was like blown away at this idea. Like I knew it was going to work. It was simple. Uh, the color was interesting. <laughs> yes. People are going to be like, what's that pink astronaut doing on my screen right now? I'm not going to yeah. be scrolling past this. Maybe I'm going to check this out or something. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I designed that and, and then I came up with the name like Sextronaut. And I was like, okay, this is really stupid, but maybe it's also genius. So I'm going to keep it. Yes. Yeah. Fuck number one. The last fuck. Uh, my last fuck, uh, you guys. Uh, okay. It's okay, like, it's lockdown. Okay. So yeah, obviously, you know, my girlfriend is gone for a while, so you just end up masturbating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what can I say about it? <laughs> it's like, I live uh, to masturbate, basically. That, yeah, is, that I mean, is life uh, now. Lockdown masturbation. I mean, I'm actually personally bored of masturbation during yeah, quarantine. Mm -hmm. I'm just like... This is this has just gone so long. I masturbated so much, and like, just I think it's also the um, the fact that we're working from home. We could literally masturbate whenever we want, so it's not exactly very special anymore. Um, You're so right. It's hard yeah. to like shake it up. It really is. Like I've definitely like, especially since because um, I stayed with Florence for the past week, 
which mm. was really lovely. But normally when I'm away, I just want to masturbate all the time. And on top of that, it, didn't. Was, <laughs> it was while I was on my period or pre-period, barely masturbated. I think I masturbated twice in like the 10 days I was away. Which that is mad. That's, that's, that's not me. Even though I'm home and I have the opportunity, I'm like, eh, yeah. my vagina, yeah. my pussy's died. It's just like yeah. so unhappy. I'm usually like masturbating every single day. I mean, I'm saying this, I know I've masturbated today already and last night, but you know. <laughs> That's yeah, still, I mean, like, same. Same here. I masturbate every day, so I don't know. Yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> you need that it, sort, think, sort of release. Yeah, and you need the serotonin yeah. levels and like the yeah mm. the release and the it's very grounding. If you can masturbate, um, correct not correctly or correctly what's it called? Like, without without There's like no with your way. mind. No, 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 there is no correct way. As in like masturbate well you know when your mind isn't going off into other places because corona times like Ooh, isolation mindful times, masturbation mindful mm-hmm. masturbate you know you do your deep breathing you get mm. into the mood so, oh that sounds great why don't we do that more often that yeah. sounds perfect for our mind and mental health can i ask can i ask a really a personal question can i ask a really personal question Sure. How how do like what is your favorite way to masturbate? Like, because I when I think about it, I don't think we hear it often how guys actually masturbate because we, we just sort not. of think we think like it's just the just the hand. But is there more to it? Uh, so uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of content about masturbation online, but it's primarily focused on uh, um, females. Women, yeah, yeah, it's females. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, I I do know that uh, you know guys often use their hands and uh, what I've been hearing is that people also use lotion. I, I don't mm. even know how that works. I never done that. And uh, <laughs> what you've never uh, used lube. something else? Oh is my god! You like... need to masturbate with coconut oil. That will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean uh, I, I'm down to try new things, you guys. Definitely, yeah, definitely during COVID. So yeah. uh, okay. No, like I, I'm I'm so basic. I'm so basic. I just. <laughs> I don't. I don't really use anything or something. But I know that some guys like use that flashlight. I, I have yeah. nothing against that use stuff. Toys. But it, for me, I don't know. I don't know. Just I mean, hands. I think you just haven't. You, you just gotta give it a go. There's, you never knock anything until you try it once. Because there's there's but, so yeah. much more to male masturbation than than we mm. know about. Because there's this there's all this bad stigma around men using sex toys, mm-hmm. which we think's totally fucked up. Like it's fine for it's cool for women to use sex toys, but as soon as a man has a sex toy, you're like, oh no, that's weird. Which is really yeah, wrong. Because there are so many sex toys for men. You know that you've got masturbators, you have anal toys, you have like so many different types of lube and pocket pussies yeah. and sleeves to try out mm-hmm. there's i mean i feel like i feel like i want to send you some toys just so you can like have a go at I, least I, I i totally think you're right yeah i uh i think like in terms of exploration of sex i don't know it, it sometimes it feels like there's more content out there for women which i totally understand mm-hmm. um but yeah like uh sex toys on men is uh definitely not something that's often touched upon yeah, mm-hmm. I th- yeah i also think it's to do with porn and what your preferences are because when you say for example you go on like a big tube site like Pornhub then you start looking at porn and it notices whether you're looking at straight porn or gay porn so if you're looking at straight porn you won't see the gay porn there and that pisses me off Mm. because a lot of straight porn comes up for me but I want to see all different types of porn and I sometimes have to specifically search for gay porn and in gay porn you do see a lot you do see a lot of masturbating and using usage of toys which I fucking love like I love the Mm. um like I'm really into the milking machines for guys at the moment. Like I'm really love that. Oh. Um, milking machines? Yeah. I never like heard of that. For, like, 
they are quite. What is that? Like something in your intense, dick or something? That's yeah. intense though. This isn't for beginners. Yeah, this isn't. This isn't really. It's more like BDSM kind of um, porn. I don't know if I would have, uh, want to try it, but uh, no. it, it sounds like a, a cool innovation, honestly. Fuck two, the first fuck. I know that a lot of people have like uh, these big stories about uh, how shitty it was or how, uh, I don't know, how interesting it was, mm -hmm. uh, the whole endeavor of it. But um, I was fairly young. I think I was uh, 16. I think I had just turned 16. I don't really remember that much of it. I only remember that, uh, you know, as I never had sex education, I uh, mm -hmm. didn't really know how to put on the condom. Yeah. I got as far oh. as knowing as, okay, I actually got, I am going to need this condom. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember that I just had a lot of tr time, uh, I just had a lot of uh, trouble putting it on. So that was yeah. also, I think, a turn off. Mm -hmm. um, and the first time for me actually hurt. I don't really, really recall why. I assume oh. it's because, uh, I assume it's because um, I, I might have turned on the condom incorrectly or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember mm -hmm. that I, I was the one who was like, okay, I'm going to... I'm not enjoying this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she was she was quite into it, I believe. I don't know actually, but she she didn't tell. have any pain. I remember. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I wonder if it's to do with like um, the tightness of uh, your foreskin. Wait, do you? Yeah, European. I was gonna say foreskin. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Do you mind if we ask if you if you have a foreskin? I have a foreskin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Yes, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 shitting on anyone who doesn't have a foreskin that's totally cool um yeah we're very lucky in in europe in that it's not it's not common yeah to yeah remove the foreskin. i think it's actually really uh disturbing that uh i mean it's so normalized obviously cutting that part off of a, mm. of a, a young boy but i believe that's actually a very disturbing act oh, that it, uh it this age should not exist yeah, I mean, I actually, it's a form of genital mutilation, so... It is, yeah. yeah. We, we had a really good episode with Riyadh, um, which you guys please listen back to, where he talks about his his um, circumcision, and the way he talks about it is just so interesting and amazing, mm. and, and he's so angry about it, um, mm. because it happened to him without his consent when he was a kid, and he's just, like, pissed yeah. off about it, which yeah. is totally understandable. Um, yeah, yeah. What, I, what I was thinking was that maybe it was, like, the... I guess when you're when you aren't used to sex, like your skin is a little bit tighter in certain places. Yeah. So I was wondering maybe if it could be the foreskin being tight that like made the pain, or I guess potentially, it yeah, yeah, it could have been the condom though as well. Yeah, condom, and also if it's the f if was it the first time for her as well? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was uh, both of us. It, so she, even though she was enjoying it, like most girls don't realize that it's okay to use lube because when you're that nervous you can't create yeah, lubrication I, uh, for yourself so it could you just are be the, so the, right yeah the, the the condom could have just it could have been really dry too and too much friction and that could have just been really hard for you guys to continue and we just yeah. we're not why are we not taught that if everyone if every kid got like a little virginity kit with like a couple of oh, condoms yes. and a packet of lube and like these are okay to use together and it's cool to use lube fuck yeah. me we could have had great oh. first time experience Oh. I love that idea so much. Oh my god. I yeah. can see an illustration of this, the, yeah. the virginity kit. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Do it, do it. We'll do like a collab. Yeah, the let's do a collab. Oh, oh my god, kit. let's do it. 
Let's do a collab. Oh my god, I'm yes. down. Oh yes, yes please, that'd be amazing. It's crazy though, because like the, the lube thing is actually could be a full-on game changer for so many people's yeah. virginity stories. Because you wouldn't have the pain with lube. Like maybe there would be a tiny bit, but like it wouldn't be the same. It would just it wouldn't. And like I remember when I was younger, I just used to think lube lube people joked about lube. They were like, Oh, it's for like old ladies and like when their vaginas dry up when they get old and yeah. Uh, so like using lube was like oh god that's embarrassing yeah i remember like, the first time we're young yeah, we're hip <laughs> the first time a guy like got out the lube to use with me i was actually offended yeah which is <laughs> mad because sex is so much better with lube doesn't matter yeah. what age you are it is just it is a life-changing oh god i wish the amount of times that i wish i had lube or was cool with lube back then mm-hmm. so many so many unfortunate sex experiences that just could have been so like slick and fun and and this is what we're missing in schools we need this virginity kit to be like okay you need this this and this to make it a fun occasion oh so so what happened like when i guess when you were experiencing the pain during your first time did you just sort of like stop was what what happened after i have no idea like it's all really (laughs) vague uh I don't know, like, I can't really, like, when people are talking about about their first time, I'm always like, yeah, uh, I don't really remember that much of it, so I I just don't know. But I do remember something else about my childhood, is that um, I I just started having sex uh, regularly with this this girl (laughs) I was with at the time, and uh, I didn't really have... You know a lot of money at that age so mm-hmm. uh i actually could not buy i could not afford the condoms that you know you have ah. you need for sex so sometimes oh. we had to be like schedule we had to schedule it like okay this uh time you know i i can afford it so uh i'll no buy it way. um yeah, the thing you... was also the terrible thing was also like my, my parents they actually uh before all that stuff happened they actually mm-hmm. offered to to buy it for me but I, but i was so so ashamed to ask them for condoms so i didn't do it so i took all that responsibility i was always the one to to buy them and uh to go to the store and everything and that's a lot of pressure as well because it's like you know women should be buying condoms too it's not just for the men you know it's not your responsibility or at least i totally agree any yeah. parents out there, don't ask your kid if they want any. Just buy 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 them yes. some. Yes. Leave them in their room. Little present. Yeah. That's little box. it. Because your kid uh, is uh, never going to be like, yes, please give me all the condoms. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should buy like a big box and then watch it and restock it if it yeah, just like magically it, yeah. disappears it's you know like, like the, the contents it's like, like the cookie jar in the kitchen where like yeah, if it goes literally. down like restock the cookie jar yes <laughs> I, i'm definitely gonna do this when i'm a parent definitely yeah. I, i'll definitely talk idea. to them about it but it's so yeah. dreadful to talk with your parents mm-hmm. about sex sometimes you know it really depends on you know That's my parents are lovely like. so it's yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, Honestly. there should just be an open dialogue with your your kids. Anyway, I'm really mm. surprised. Did uh, in the Netherlands is there not like um, you know sexual health clinics or where you can just get free condoms at any age? I believe so. Yes, but uh, you know when I was younger, I don't believe internet was as accessible as today. So I didn't really yeah. know how to look that stuff up. And, <laughs> and it's you know scary. Th- things were different. Uh, it it wasn't True. even that long ago, but things were so different, and uh, I didn't really have the. Um, the resources i think but also not the knowledge that these things existed because mm. uh, it depends on the school if you if if that content actually reaches you you know mm. so uh yeah it's definitely uh sex education is such a problem i mean i know that in uh 
Romania, they just uh, um, stopped giving uh, sex education. I know that in the UK, you can still withdraw your children from sex yeah, education. Yeah, you can. It's, it's so I scary. I think that's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Sex is such a fundamental part of the human experience. How are you going to deny uh, children We'd... to know about their bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sex. So how could they, you then take away the education yeah. to do with how we ended up on this planet? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. We always yeah. thought that the Netherlands were, I mean, we we think that the Netherlands is it's always like Scandinavian pretty... countries though. Yeah, that's true. But I always heard that the Netherlands are like pretty up there as well with their sex ed. And I mean, mm, not, no. as I'm, not as far as I'm aware, no, but I think that a lot of people have this idea that the Netherlands is uh, better or something, yeah. but I I wouldn't I I wouldn't say generally the Netherlands is better. I know mm -hmm. that Sweden is definitely better than everyone, but yeah. uh, <laughs> better than the everyone. Netherlands <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess in terms of I don't know their social stuff, their healthcare and mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, unlike Switzerland and, and the Scandi countries, Denmark guess, and stuff. Yeah. Like they're supposed to be because they're. I mean, we've heard. Can anyone from those countries tell us what what age that they have their sex ed taught at? Because mm -hmm. we've heard that it's from the ages of three and four, which we think's fucking magical and so important. Anyone out there from any other country that wants to talk about their sex ed and everything, like, please DM us. Let, we'll get you on the podcast. We want to talk about it. Fuck three. The best fuck. I, I honestly could not say. Like, I could not. I think I feel like uh, I have a good sex life right now. Uh, I don't want to get into too much details, but, you know, it's good. Uh, I, I would say it's the best that I ever had in my life. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't really say this time was so amazing. You know, mm -hmm. we were on a boat or something. I, I <laughs> yeah. had never had sex on a boat, by the way, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not, not going into detail, but like what makes it so much better with this partner? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that I really know how to communicate like yes. uh, before before I uh, entered this relationship by the way it was also a, a thing before this one uh, like a while back I you know I realized okay I really think sex is such a valuable part of a relationship and mm -hmm. uh, once I really understood that within myself like okay if I'm gonna be with a girl who's not gonna be as interested in sex as I am then I just know it's not gonna work like mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, totally, you know, everybody has a different sex life, uh, yeah. sex drive, and it's yeah. totally normal to want different things. But I know that when I'm with someone that, uh, you know, doesn't think it's as interesting as I do, I know that in time, it's just not going to work. Oh, smart either boy. Either one of us is going to be <laughs> unhappy. Smart. Yeah, uh, it, it took me a while to, to discover this. And uh, I feel like the fact that I've been in relationships where I've actually like repressed my own sex drive, like mm -hmm. repressed my sexual needs, oh, uh, made yes. me also like head into this direction where I really want people to know these things. Like, yeah. I hope that the section not can be some sort of transformative experience mm. where you could just see all these comics and the artworks and the jokes and at some point after reading a lot of them you're you're in a different mindset you're thinking yeah. okay that's actually quite funny we can talk about this it's normal yeah. to communicate exactly. i can i can talk about this yes. with my partner so um on my sex life started to be really good when uh 
I just learned how to communicate. Yeah. Amazing. It, it is almost like you do have to experience what are relationships without without having the communication, without having like the, yeah. the sex that you want to be able to sort of take away and learn and be like, okay, but how how am I going to make this work in the future and like have better sex? And, th- th- and that's what it takes. It's literally just having that realization yeah. and then being like, how am I going to communicate what I want to my future partners? You know, yeah. there's this, this makes me think of this, of this narrative that's out there. And the narrative mm. is like, you know, a relationship is not all about sex. That's what people say, right? So that right? means that if your relationship is like really nice, like you have a good time with each other mm-hmm. and she's cute and she's beautiful, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then sex is not the only thing that should matter, right? So that is kind of like the narrative that pe- yes. that, that makes people think, okay, um, you know, my sex life is shitty and I hate it uh, and I hate myself, whatever. But <laughs> whatever. I mean... She's so nice. She she wears a dress in front of my parents. I don't know. That's that's nice. So everything is good, but yeah. I don't know. Your 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 life in the sheets is just shitty. So yeah, uh, I just, I hate that narrative. You just I, have to too. be really able to damaging because yeah. the people who are hyper like hypersexual and that is a very normal thing for both men and women and different genders mm-hmm. and to to be forced into thinking that you're wrong or that there's something wrong with you because you you're hypersexual or you just want to have sex all the time it's like it's like when people talk about their love language mm. and how your love language must match up my therapist the other day said well i think there's a lust language where you need to have a match with your partner and you need to have the same kind of lust language and the same mm. And think about mm. sex in the same similar way for a happy relationship. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, my mind is blown. Like we yeah. talk about love language being so important, but lust language is so important for us. So important, and it's not talked about anywhere near as as enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because uh, also you 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 forget that. Um, well, you know you forget, but people don't realize that. Like, if you're not having the sex that you want in the relationship, it ends up damaging other parts of the relationship anyway yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And your own mental health, yeah. like not feeling like you um are wanted or your sexual attraction isn't reciprocated, ends up affecting how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then like then actually affects how you put yourself out into the world as well and like it will hold you back if you feel like you're being held back from any part of your life especially in a relationship by your partner it will hold you back in so many other ways Mm -hmm. in life um and it's such an important thing to to address and i know that like me and reed are super passionate about this because we've experienced it yeah, it also can really affect your partner as well. If you are, if you're mm. hypersexual and you oh, you yeah. end up putting pressure on them and making them feel bad for not being able to match you, which is so unfair for them because it's it, this lust language that like, all they need to do is find someone who has the same libido or has the same lust language or yeah. and it's the same with you. Yeah, the holding back thing. You 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 tend to feel like you're stagnating and then before you know it there's there's not really a relationship at all you end up resenting each other because yeah. one yeah, person's yeah. constantly pushing for it and the other person isn't getting enough i totally agree with you yeah i've been there yeah it sucks doesn't it it sucks <laughs> it sucks yeah. um i, I wish that we so. could all just have the same like sexual chemistry but we fucking don't yeah. it's so complicated it's so easy, as humans yeah This is a this is an advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. This is an ad from BetterHelp Therapy Online. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get like matched. Just fill out. <clears throat> Why is it so hard to do? I'm like looking that way, I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety <laughs> of expertise. <laughs> with over a thousand... With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Do you think I need to say that again? This episode is sponsored by Beducated. As you all know, I've been on a little bit of a celibacy journey. <laughs> meaning I haven't had sex in over a month. So I've been looking into how I can experience more pleasure with my solo sex. And this is where Beducated comes in because they have all the courses that I need to learn how to do like sensual reawakening with my vulva and tantric massage and also... I saw a course on there about learning how to dirty talk. I know this is completely not relevant, but <laughs> I'm really intrigued. No, it's all relevant. Beducated is this really amazing website where you can sign up to do courses and learn about sex, like dirty talking. I've been doing a squirting course. <gasps> oh, wow. So in all spirit of masturbation may... We're sharing Beducated with you. Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation, mate, to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure and masturbate. And it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate. So Florence, what have you been learning in your course? I've been learning techniques that I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more. The technique thing has been blowing my mind. Like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like, not going straight into G-spot stimulation. She's explaining everything that, you know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, 
curious. Don't say we don't look after you. And of course, you can try all Beducated courses for one day absolutely free and you won't be charged for the first 24 hours. You can cancel any time and they have a 14-day money-back guarantee. So invest in your love life today and join Beducated now from just $8.33 per month. Get access to over 100 courses online from the world's top experts. To get on Beducated now, click the link in the description and remember to use our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, CURIOUS. Invest in your solo pleasure this masturbation may or use it with a partner. You can also get a personalised Beducated gift card for your loved ones. Happy wanking! We wanted to tell you about our Patreon. We just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves. You can find all the links to the right stuffs in the show notes, in the description, and of course on our social media, on our little link tree. So yeah, check it out and come say hi. Fuck number four. The worst fuck. Okay. Yes. Uh, love that one. Uh, you know, there, there, there have been several times where uh, that were really bad, but uh, it's just like with me, it's always been the combination of alcohol and sex. Oh, so yes. yeah. I remember twice, twice that I passed out. Um, so oh, like, shit. there During was one sex? time I was. Uh, yes. So basically, oh, no. <laughs> I, I. The thing is also I don't remember how I passed out, but what mm. happened is that. You know, uh, you know, I put on put on a condom. Uh, I start having sex, whatever. And uh, what happens is, I wake up later on next to whoever I was with at the time, with my condom still on. We were oh, both fuck. asleep. Apparently, we both blacked out. There was also this one time where um, this was where I only blacked out. Apparently, I, oh, I got shit. a blowjob from someone, and I I blacked out during the blowjob. So <laughs> oh, no, I remember no. just like. I remember that I woke up um, and she was still like lying somewhere um, close to my, you know, genitals, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I think we both black out now I'm thinking about it. But I, I, I mean, that stuff is obviously, you know, whenever I'm ha- I have sex, I really want to finish it. You know, that's nice. So yeah, whenever yeah. I black out, that's obviously not nice. But yeah, it's always... You feel embarrassed as well, and you're like, oh my god, the alcohol and the shame, yeah. and like, why did I drink that much? I don't remember anything. There's a lot of <laughs> lot of confusion and gray area there, especially if it's like just like a random drunk fuck or a, a random drunk sex sex act. I was trying to think of like blowjob, but for everyone. Oh my god, I'm just thinking of how that um, girl must have thought when she was going down. It's and, just like, like, and then Hello? she looks up, and you're like, Hello? Alcohol. Like fast asleep. Yeah. Whoa, there's also another blowjob story. There was one blowjob story, this is funny, where I got I got a blowjob and at some point, it was really nice, obviously, I became really nauseous. Oh. I don't know why. I wasn't even drinking that much at the time, yeah. but I became really nauseous. So I was like, okay, we're going to have to stop this. I just went to my room and blacked out. So it oh, wasn't during, but it was like, it was so random. Yeah. Uh, I mean, stuff like that. 
maybe so if, like that can happen to, i guess yeah mm-hmm. maybe it's something to do with your brain and receiving blowjobs it's yeah narco- like, narcolepsy it's like this is so good i'm just gonna pass out <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I've, I've definitely fallen asleep <laughs> while being eaten out before. Like, you know, Have you? yeah, because you you're either so tired anyway, you're exhausted <laughs> and trying to deal with stuff, and and it's such a relaxing place to be in. So you're it lying there, you're trying, to, trying to enjoy it, and then all of a sudden you're like nodding off, trying to wake <laughs> yourself up. Um, I'm pretty sure my ex was like, "Are you asleep?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> god that's too good yeah maybe i have experienced someone being super sleepy whilst yeah. i was fucking them and just being like are you actually fucking kidding me <laughs> and you get really upset about it yeah. obviously yeah. obviously they don't want to fall asleep there is another reason they're either too exhausted or they're too relaxed or potentially intoxicated yeah you know? i mean i've definitely done it when high like smoking weed that because it just mm. chills you out so much and you zone out a lot as well so mm. you're lying there and then before you know it, you're like oh wait oh. i'm back in the room like uh we're yeah, doing no, this oh I? yeah whoa <laughs> Oh, like, mean, oh, my pussy being a. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol and sex is a tricky one. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. tricky. We're yeah. it's uh, it's still because it's so much part of like you like youth and culture, and that's what you do, especially uni mm-hmm. life. You go out, mm-hmm. you drink, you get fucked, you kiss people, you get, and it, it helps with a lot of confidence. But mm. so when you when you realize and recognize that sober sex is the best thing that can ever happen, you're like, why the fuck did I waste all that time with alcohol and drinking? Fuck number five. The fuck that made me. Okay, so uh, I have previously had some relationships where, um, you know, sex wasn't really a recognized thing, something that um, mm-hmm. we both enjoyed as much as uh, we wanted. And um, I remember that at some point I came out of a really... I would say at the end it got really toxic. Like what we just talked about, the resentment. Mm-hmm. Um and uh she broke up with me and i moved towards something new not really a relationship at the time but uh it was a new thing i had going on with a girl and uh it was the first time like she was a really sexual person and i was stunned by that like what is going on yeah and she i remember that the first i wouldn't say it was the first time that we had sex but maybe one of the times that we had sex or maybe all the sex that we had combined it was just like it changed me as a person knowing that there are girls out there that are also like me you know Mm -hmm. that also uh want to try stuff you know obviously before i moved into this entire sex positive movement whatever uh i didn't know about all this stuff it was only because it i i got into contact with it but but the the fact that I, I i shared this intimacy with her totally changed my life yeah. it completely changed my outlook on sex that you can in fact uh think it's an a uh, really valuable asset to your relationship yeah. and you, mm-hmm. sh- you just have to uh compute completely communicate about this openly i remember that she was always like okay what's your kink what do you want to do what amazing. what this what that oh amazing um, so it was uh, she she opened me up mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, i was actually it ended really sadly with uh, her dumping me but i mean oh, uh, it was it was uh, it's okay but uh i i learned so much from what we had at the time so yeah. i'm really grateful for that uh so yeah i think that was what changed the game for me yeah, yeah i mean when, when you're in those sorts of relationships where you're not getting the same amount of sex as you want or like you don't feel like 
that sort of sex exists for you like you you re- you come out of the relationship thinking like am i gonna find someone that matches me mm. like is there going yeah. to be anyone out there that matches my sex drive am i gonna find good connected sex ever like and then yeah and then suddenly you do meet that person and it actually is just like it's oh, so life-changing it is life-changing mm-hmm. and it, it just makes you because it, it not only you you not only get like amazing sex for that time but it also opens you up to feel like actually if i do all these things that i did like communicate um and talk to them about it then you are going to find that with so many other people you just mm. need to put yourself out there and have the conversations to start off with yeah yeah i feel like there's this big fear out there that uh, you will never get the right person you will yeah. never find that person but mm-hmm. i think that's beyond sex as well like uh, oh, yeah. certain qualities that you want your partner you're so afraid like am i ever going to find this person mm-hmm. but there are uh, so I don't have many an answer people to that. There are yeah. so know, many people. The it's fa- it's the hard. Fact that there's like what? How many? How we? How many have we got now? Like seven billion people on the planet, mm. and we've only yeah. a lot of us like we've only go going gone through a small portion of our life or a mm. portion of our life where we think that like we've we've met everyone and it's impossible. And I don't think it is. I think if you're looking for love and, and if you want it, there is there is love out there for you. Like the next love of your night life will be literally walking out there. They're alive now. They're just waiting for you to find them. It just takes ages to find them, especially it's... during lockdown and especially <laughs> before. I mean, what would we have done without um, dating apps? Dating mm. apps have really changed mm-hmm. on how we meet with people. But you it have, has also... You have to open yourself up though to it as well like it's not just about being like okay i'm looking for love because you can be looking for love but i never find it yeah exactly because you put Mm. barriers up inside like oh i want it too much exactly oh i'm never gonna find someone because Mm. i'm not good enough i'm not this i'm not that but you have to learn to love yourself before um before i don't know if i completely agree with that though (laughs) get that right do you guys really completely love yourself really yeah, I think I might love myself more than I should. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like, obviously, I, I, I'm crazy about you guys. You know, the work that you do for sex positivity. But, like, as a person, really loving yourself, I think it's really hard. Mm. I don't oh, yeah, completely 100%. think I love myself. And also, yeah, it, it takes does, time. It fluctuates as well. Yes, and that's I so think true. The moment that you meet people is usually those moments where you're like, I am killing it right now. And I'm, like, into myself and, like, I'm fine by myself as well like when the moments when you're not looking for anyone and you're kind of at one with yourself is more like the sort of loving yourself that you need to find someone to be like satisfied with your own company I guess Mm. I don't I don't think fully fully loving yourself can be a really extremely hard task Mm -hmm. I have days where I love myself and days where I'm like hot prodding my stomach like yeah i don't think anyone can ever fully love themselves like i I don't love my mental health issues like that's Mm -hmm. one thing i would absolutely love to cut out but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is like loving yourself sounds easy or it sounds hard but it's to do with you know so many things about like self-worth and Mm -hmm. and and how you know like how you feel about your body and your mind and how your parents brought you up and, and what your you know your friendship group is like what your support network is like Mm -hmm. and also with like past relationships i think you take a lot from that like if you were in a relationship with a fucking dickhead um then then it's going to be hard to get that back because you have all that trauma left over Mm -hmm. and that's why 
it's so important to learn to love yourself and to mm-hmm. because you're never going to always fully love yourself there's always going to be things that you can learn to like and learn to dislike and, and it is you're right Florence it will yeah. fluctuate but the best person to do that is like literally find a therapist that helps you learn to love yourself because everyone deserves to lo- love themselves it's not mm. arrogant it's not selfish it's not like look at me I'm amazing it's very much like a, I'm just happy with who I am and I deserve what I uh, I deserve more I deserve better and I deserve I deserve happiness that is loving yourself yeah is knowing yeah that you deserve knowing more. that you deserve happiness is loving yeah. yourself also with um the whole dating thing and finding love mm. like you really do have to open yourself up to meeting someone in like loads of different ways yeah and that is that mm-hmm. could be like being on dating apps but it's also just like making sure you're um I guess when people come into your life in like different ways you have to think about it in like you have to be open to pursuing it in a way that isn't necessarily immediately obvious yeah with dating yeah. I think we get caught up with like the first date and how we see each other aesthetically and face value but it's really interesting you know if you work in an office or in a place or you know you go go into a class you're more than likely going to fancy someone in it because you start to actually understand their personality I mean how many times have we not been attracted to someone but actually ended up attracted to them because we've looked at their personality and I think dating really fucks that up Mm. um how many times do you look at an image and and instantly go nope i wouldn't ever date you or wouldn't ever think about it when they could be the love of your life and you've just got no idea Mm. but you also don't want to put yourself in a position where you're just constantly meeting new people and constantly putting yourself through that when when they're not necessarily right but i also think it's like it's like it's almost like a job interview i know that sounds quite (laughs) cold but if the job interview Mm. isn't right for you you would go, oh, that's a red flag. I don't think I'm going to be into it, even if it looks really great on the outside or vice versa. You might be like, hmm, I might give this yeah. a go for a while and then see what happens. Yeah, I guess it puts mm. a new layer on it when you're into sex as much as we all are. Yeah. Like, you have to be really o- you have to be yeah. really open about it immediately, don't you? Because yeah. you have to be like, okay, yeah. well... That's what's on my my dating profile. I'm like, I have a high sex drive. (laughs) I'm into this, 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 and this. Like, if you're not into that, then that's that's not my interest. Yeah, talking about sex on your dates, uh, I don't know when you have to do it. I mean, I remember sometimes doing it when, uh, you know, I was on the first date or something. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's. I mean, uh, you gotta just. I, I guess you just need to sense it. Like when you're talking to someone and you know, like, okay, we've been Mm. having a cool casual chat. She already told me something personal uh maybe i can open the subject or maybe it just develops i, I had dates where the girls started talking about it yeah. first. so that's that's a really good point because first date fucking is like really looked down upon for a lot of people and i think for people who are hypersexual then they need to talk about sex on the first date and and have sex on the first date and it's not a big deal but then there are so many yeah. other people that you know re- relationships or romance is so much more important for them and then they therefore they see it as they need to wait. Maybe maybe we're just sort of like unicorns, people who are hyper hypersexual and who who want to have yeah. sex loads. And so the rest of the world are like, oh, no, no, you have to wait like five dates before you have sex with them. Yeah, yeah. There's always this waiting. Uh, mm. I, I honestly never yeah. had one date that led to sex on the same day. I've yeah. always had a bunch of dates and that leads to sex. I never had a one night stand, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, things have to... There's, there's this romanticized idea of, oh, you only sleep with someone one after a certain amount of time about yeah. uh, when where you know is that them. from is that from the movies I, I don't know disney movies i guess yeah. you know 
I well, mean, like, what is it from Disney movies? What social construct is not in a Disney movie? That oh is my very, God. very true. I mean, I love Disney movies, but I'm still waiting for my motherfucking Prince Charming. And I'm like, no, 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 wait. I'm the motherfucking yeah. Prince Charming, picking myself up and carrying myself into the sunset. For fuck's sake. This week's sex question is... Please can I ask your thoughts on the below situation? I met a guy on Hinge. We dated for a bit. I communicated that I wasn't looking for a casual hookup and he said he wanted the same. After three dates, we had sex and it became apparent that he was into kink, specifically BDSM, which is something I have no experience of, but I'm open to and was excited to try with him. We continue to chat regularly, sexting included. There were a few little red flags at this stage, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt and put a pin in them. I was also entirely naive to how to spot the respectful Dom being so new to the game. Mm. Skip forward a month or so, and I woke up after a particularly particularly long drunk, in brackets, he was sober, phone conversation with him. And he said that I'd agreed to write him a list of sexual fantasies that it needed needed to be handwritten and that I had to drop it to him in person. During this phone call, he had also suggested that he come and stay at mine the following weekend. I agreed to I agreed to both. As the sub, I was very open to telling him me, him telling me what to do. I should also mention that I would probably have agreed to do this sober, but the fact that he chose to request this when I was drunk in hindsight seems off. Mm. I wrote the list of fantasies for him. It contained a lot of personal information I'd never shared with anyone. I then dropped it to him. I asked for one in return, but he preferred to tell me his as opposed to handwrite. The next weekend, he came to mine and we had a lot of sex. I experimented with things I'd never tried before and it was very fun. Sadly, there were a lot more red flags and I decided to call it off. Oh, smart girl. Yes. I I explained that I'd had fun, but some of the things that he said to me outside of the bedroom didn't sit well. Mm -hmm. His response was unapologetic and accused me of using him. I felt reassured that I'd escaped, that I'd had a lucky escape. A couple of weeks later, by pure chance, I was shown an Instagram account where the letter I wrote for him had been publicly posted (gasps) alongside Uh, a collection of... That is a low bar. Alongside another, a collection of other letters of the exact same nature from different women. Oh They my were posted very recently, some whilst we'd been in contact and still on good terms. The account misleadingly implied that the letters were consensually self-submitted when I knew this wasn't the case. Oh my God. This raised so many problems concerning violation of consent, privacy, trust and respect, but there was no obvious way to handle it. How would you advise approaching this and what are the risks involved? Obviously, as women, it feels like the risks are higher due to sexual shaming and I was very lucky to have a strong support network I could confide in. I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts and I expect there's others who have experienced the same thing. Wow. Oh, this poor girl. Mm. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. That's, that's almost like that's almost like revenge porn, right? It's like posting yeah. somebody else's nudes. Yeah. Um, without permission. I mean, it's almost it's kind of, I guess I would say it's almost worse than revenge porn because it's so explicit and yeah, personal and so what personal. she's what she's written, yeah. but also it doesn't include her like her face and her name, so I guess it's not 
exactly the same but she obviously she would know and it could contain something that um people could identify with who knows absolutely timothy timothy do you have any thoughts um obviously you know the letter she wrote was very intimate Mm. um so yeah it's it's definitely really really sad that uh, this was shared online by uh, some dude and uh, i'm really glad that she got out at some point yeah. you know of this relationship that must be very strong obviously because when i feel like perhaps if you enter like a dominant submissive relationship it might also be hard for you as a submissive to leave that relationship you Absolutely. know because you are the yeah. one that takes power at that moment uh-huh. which is in itself i think something that is really strong to do right yeah um I honestly, I struggle with um, like thinking about how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I, I think potentially you can, uh, it's difficult. Like uh, it's, it's made by you, it's shared. Uh, you know, if it was art or something, you could say you're breaking my copyright or something, yeah. but it's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. It's something, it's it's definitely something like it, it, it potentially equal to revenge porn. Yeah. I'm just really glad for her that her name is not mentioned there because yeah. that would, make it so much more difficult because right now it's it's like the big emotional part of it i think like this guy is causing so many boundaries it's obviously so wrong what he's doing but what are you gonna do about it perhaps you could do try something legally but i wouldn't know what to do but i i was just thinking you you could take that to the police i think yeah i would say so definitely um because it's a copyright issue and it's so personal and intimate and it would be like and I would also, it depends on this Instagram account. I would I would contact the Instagram account unless you're worried that he is in charge of the Instagram account himself. I mean, he, he probably is. Yeah, I it sounds, that he it, it sounds like it. And I feel like you need to try and petition to get this Instagram account to, to be taken down and mm-hmm. get the authorities involved. Like what you can do is if, if you're in England, um, if you're in the UK, there is uh, the the cybercrime unit unit which deals with revenge porn and mm-hmm. all you need to do is just site like go online google it and you can fill out an online report this goes for any kind of mm-hmm. potential case and and just fill in all the details and that someone will get back to you i mean it does yeah. take a long time because the police are under a hell of a lot of pressure at the moment especially with cybercrime is so rife um, but I would also get in touch with, with Instagram. I would also message us as well, DM us, um, and maybe we can try our best to put it out on our stories. What I would also do is, uh, depends how comfortable you are, but whenever, I've seen it before, whenever anyone's had something up that they're not okay with being up, they basically just um, outed them online and put them up on their stories and said like can everybody report this because this is unacceptable and try and get the account taken down yeah um, especially if you've already gone to, to this person and explained to them that it wasn't with your permission and that there's a lot of fear that goes on there because you think like oh well you know he's gonna get angry he's mm. gonna like tell you that you're lying um, you need to stick to your guns here. And even if you gave permission for it, you can take that permission away. You can say, okay, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm just not comfortable with that up being anymore. Yeah. And you could also say, I'm going to get in touch with a lawyer if you don't get it taken down. It, you basically need to scare him into being like, it sounds I've, like I've contacted the authorities yeah. and a lawyer. Take it, it sounds down. like he's been like massively abusing um, his the power. BDSM yeah. um, kink. Mm. And like, that is not okay. You cannot use BDSM. BDSM and people's kinks and fantasies to control 
other people and manipulate mm-hmm. them and gaslight them into situations which is it was what it sounds like mm. he was it's, doing. yeah he's gaslighting this is you. definitely gaslighting yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fully which is also fucked up that's a form of abuse he needs to yeah. fucking go down and it's such a shame because like the bdsm community this is you like people like him give the bdsm community a bad name, name. Yeah. and it's it's such a welcoming and understanding and communicative community because they have to be mm. and people take it for fucking granted and in if it's a healthy subdom relationship the submissive will always be in control they will have put, like they will have set the limits they will know what they're okay with and what they're not okay with and they will test it together and the submissive will always be the one that's ultimately in control the mm-hmm. dominant can't go past their limits if the submissive cannot give that yeah. permission so yeah. the fact that he's taken this over is like completely twisted he must be a fucking so psychopath and just like, like really uncaring yeah. of your emotions i think so angering i'm like i'm happy yeah, we hate we hate this guy yeah, yeah we hate this that. fucking guy let's agree right now we hate we this hate fucking guy. him we hate mm. him but also i, I was just gonna say uh, we're like happy that like you have reached out to yes, us to you. expose this on our platform and if anyone else has gone through the same thing mm-hmm. like let's shout out about this person and actually get him like his accounts taken, taken down, down yeah. and like actually I think he deserves like some sort of legal action here. Yeah, I don't he think really that does. this is okay. This is it, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you're in a place to mentally handle that because that is mm-hmm. a real hard move to make. Yeah. Um, but in doing so, you might empower yourself and you might help other people in the process. So mm-hmm. if you do, please DM this account to us. Um, please, like, if you put up a story, tag us in it so we can repost it. Tag Florence and my personal accounts in there as well. Um, because the the bigger the 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 louder the action, the more likely we can get this person taken down. The only problem is is whether or not he'll learn from his mistakes yeah. or whether or not he'll want to learn. Yeah. And we kind of need him to really take a fucking look at himself and see what he's done is wrong. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. even if all those other girls have given him permission, even if you had given him permission, the fact that you're not comfortable with it now, he should fucking respect that and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, this won't happen again. Yeah. And I, you know, I... And he's just, he's just a fucking idiot. Idiot. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think it is time for us to fuck off. Oh, fuck off. This has been oh amazing. God. Thank you, Timothy, so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been Honestly, so good. Honestly, uh, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, no where can I... Where can our curious fuckers find you? Tell them everything. Okay, so, <laughs> yes, you can find me on Instagram as at bsextronaut. So, like, B-E-sextronaut, sextronaut. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter as Tim Schelhaas, which is uh, T-I-M-S-C-H-E-L-H-A-A-S. It's a Dutch <laughs> name, sorry. Uh, you can also find, if you're interested in the designs, you can find me on Redbubble. And I got a website for clothing, which is amazing. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, yes, get your hands Ooh, on the guys. merch. Yeah, amazing. get the merch. It's so cool. I love my little t-shirt. I'm going to be getting yeah. some more merch soon. Wink, wink. Yeah. No, awesome. that, that wasn't a call for like, give it to me for free. I'm actually going to pay for it because I think it's important <laughs> to pay independent.
independent Thank people you. and and you know support the cause for sure awesome i really appreciate it honestly yay well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode give us a rating and a review and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already yes please the best thing you can do though guys is share us is word of mouth that spreads this podcast like a venereal disease which we like love and hate <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you have a sex story or a sex question please write in at fks given podcast at gmail.com you can follow our instagram c-o-m-e curious on instagram of course i just said that (laughs) and our personal accounts read amber x and florence bark and you will hear us next week next week baby Woo! happy lockdown fuck like a sextronaut yeah In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organisation called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.